Hi, I'm Jason Dick, and this is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We're bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. It's Friday, April 17th, 2020. Even as Congress remains at a standstill over getting more economic relief to beleaguered small businesses, states, and hospitals, the nation is divided on whether to ease restrictions put in place to ward off the COVID-19 pandemic. Protests were orchestrated in states like Michigan, Ohio, and Kentucky in recent days. That came as President Donald Trump, after announcing reopening guidelines that basically leave that authority to the states, tweeted his support for the protesters. Texas, which was among the last to institute restrictions, said it would ease some as early as next week. Others, like New York and Washington, D.C., have extended their shelter-in-place rules. Wall Street, meanwhile, closed up for the second straight week as investors looked toward a possible reopening of the economy in the weeks to come. Finally, the National Institutes of Health launched an initiative to try to unify the different efforts across the drug industry to respond to the pandemic. Tonight, we begin with CQ Roll Call staff writer Catherine Tully-McManus, who was up on Capitol Hill today. I'm Catherine Tully-McManus, congressional reporter for CQ Roll Call. Today, I was the pool reporter covering the brief House pro forma session, which meant being at the Capitol when it was eerily empty. There was no legislative action during the House session, but I had the chance to talk with Missouri Democrat Lacey Clay, who presided over the proceedings. She was thrilled to talk to a reporter, saying that the Capitol felt lonely without lawmakers, press, and staff filling the hallways. He told me he is open to a big change to House voting that Democrats are proposing during this coronavirus emergency proxy voting. House Rules Chairman Jim McGovern made his official recommendation Thursday that the House should try and institute a temporary and low-tech remote voting procedure during the coronavirus pandemic. Proxy voting would allow an absent member to designate a colleague to vote on their behalf. Some committees already use a version of this practice, but it would be a big change to use it on the House floor. The change, which would buck centuries of precedent, would require the House rules to be altered by either a unanimous consent agreement or a vote of approval. Rank and file members have been putting a lot of pressure on House leadership to come up with a way for the House to continue urgent legislative business during the COVID-19 pandemic, which has limited travel and made gathering in large groups especially dangerous. While digital solutions have been proposed, there are concerns about testing, cybersecurity, and access from outside influences on those platforms. And so the House was not ready to go forward using a digital solution. Now to Lauren Clayson with Health News. I've been tracking a $100 billion emergency fund for hospitals and medical providers on the front lines of the pandemic. Uh, Safety net hospitals are in particular need of more money, considering that many of them already operated at a loss before the pandemic even began. A lot of them only had a few days worth of cash on hand. So Congress created the, the fund in the CARES Act that passed last month, and the Department of Health and Human Services is in charge of distributing the money, but they've been given a tough task in, in the sense that targeting the funds where they're needed most takes time, um, but hospitals need the money now. And so last week, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services distributed about $30 billion worth of money, but the allocations were based on traditional Medicare revenue. And that excluded things like Medicaid revenue, uh, the cost of uncompensated care, and even revenue from private Medicare Advantage health plans. 
So that means a lot of safety net hospitals and other providers who don't rely as much on Medicare were shortchanged. And the funds were also not allocated based on where the coronavirus hotspots currently are, like New York City and New Orleans. So hospital groups and lawmakers have uh, both been focused on this. Um, administration officials have said that a second round of, of money would be more targeted, um, but there is some confusion on the timing. So last Monday, April 6th, HHS Deputy Secretary Eric Hargan told Democrats Rosa DeLauro in the House and Patty Murray in the Senate that developing a plan for a second wave of more targeted money would take between seven to 10 days. And on just this past Wednesday, April 15th, Seema Verma, who leads the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, told reporters that money would be out this week. But just yesterday, Thursday, April 16th, HHS Secretary Alex Azar told Delora and other members of the House Appropriations Committee that the planning would take yet another week to a week and a half. Congress also included billions more dollars for medical providers in other ways outside of this fund in the three different economic aid packages that they've passed since the pandemic began. But a lot of that money is also tied to Medicare. So this is an ongoing issue for Congress um, as talks continue on the stopgap bill that would replenish the fund for small business loans. Democrats have been pushing for a lot of additional aid, including another $100 billion for hospitals. But Republicans are largely opposed to broader discussions at this point. Um, yet there are some signals that uh, some, some additional money for hospitals and medical providers could be included in the stopgap bill. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy, for instance, has signaled that he is open to something like this. And there's also a lot of bipartisan support around smaller things like ensuring that publicly owned hospitals, which make up roughly a third of rural hospitals, would be able to access those small business loans and also um, reducing interest rates for loans under a separate advance payment program that's run by Medicare. So those are some things to watch as talks continue. My name is Gopal Ratnam. I'm a senior staff writer at CQ Roll Call, where I cover technology topics. I've been reporting on a new technological development uh, that could be available as early as next month that would help federal and state authorities across the United States open up the economy slowly and let people get back to work. This is called contact tracing. Apple and Google, and as well as researchers at MIT, are all working on what is called a Bluetooth-based app that can help with this contact tracing. That means identifying people who have been tested positive for COVID-19 and alerting other people around them so that they can contain and limit the spread of the disease. Now, earlier, there was an effort made by Google and others who were looking to do GPS-based location data to do some of this tracking, and that raised some privacy objections from groups like the ACLU. But now the new effort based on Bluetooth is now something that ACLU thinks is a much better approach and could potentially safeguard people's privacy. Now, how will it work? Users would voluntarily download the app. And as they go about getting back to work or going to stores, their phones would send out a randomly generated string of numbers and letters that will be recorded by other smartphones in the vicinity. So let's say Joe goes to a store um, and he runs into Mary, who's also shopping. As they pass each other in an aisle, Joe's phone would send out a Bluetooth signal that's captured by Mary's phone and vice versa. And let's say 10 days later, Joe tests positive for COVID-19. He would then voluntarily upload 
his um, Bluetooth signal uh, log to a database. Now, Mary would then be able to check that database to see if any of the you know log numbers match the log that she has on her phone. And if there is a match, that would tell Mary that she may have uh, come across someone who uh, has since tested positive and she may have therefore been exposed to the illness as well. And she would then have the opportunity to go get herself tested, isolate herself and seek some medical attention. And that's our CQ on Congress coronavirus special report for tonight. We'll be back Monday with the latest. For all the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, I'm Jason Dick.